And here we are, the much-anticipated second episode with Emma Barry. If you haven't yet listened to episode 11, I recommend you start there and then get back to this episode. Emma shares with us what it means to be a global fitness authority, where she sources her information, women's wealth and spending, femtech, good soul hunting and her new role as chief creative soul. Emma shares her icons that have inspired her to be unapologetically herself, owning her space and encouraging all women to do the same. We celebrate the third age where we get to show up with our experiences and wisdom, continue to embrace new opportunities, suck at something and go on to grow into grace. I hope you enjoy this episode as much as I enjoyed interviewing Emma for it. Um, so you're famous for being a global authority on all things trending in the fitness industry. And I think um, the audience will probably go, what's a global fitness authority? And how do you find your content? Like, where do you find that this information that makes you this person who you are, what you're so famous for, actually? Oh, that's funny. Um, well, first of all, I have my husband to thank for the name because, uh, in fact, you were around at that time too. Um, we couldn't quite work out what I was because I was a catalyst and analyst for a while and, you know, other things. And um, and I didn't want to be a consultant because a consultant's sort of the thing that you do when you can't get employed anymore. And I didn't really want to do that. And there's a million of those and they were usually in the finance sector and whatever. So anyway, I just followed my heart and I accidentally fell into boutique fitness when that was breaking. And when I left Equinox, that was the, one of the biggest speeches I did over in Europe would actually got my start on the speaking circuit. So always follow your heart and you will end up in this role that actually pulls in all the things that you've managed to amass over the years. And that's what I found. So I had a fascination with fitness, obviously, the physical side from Les Mills and Equinox, the business side from Equinox, and also talking with a lot of club owners and, and, and uh, investors and, and people on the speaking circuit, you get to meet a lot of the panels and things like that. And it's always fascinated me being at the top tables of fitness and hearing that stuff go down. So I sort of knew that that was part of me. Now, where do I get my information? I literally have usually most days three screens going and I still don't get to the bottom of it. What we have now at our fingertips is a whole bunch of people like yourself who are out there doing a lot of the work for me so anyone who's running a podcast you know you look at the fitness business podcast that biz asia podcast your podcast stuff that's happening here club industry um sweat over in the uk active all of those guys well to do so many oh fit insider one of my favorite publications i think those guys the two brothers probably lead the world in terms of breaking news because they really focus on investment they know the investment crowd so when you know the money guys they know what's coming because they've been given all the proposals all the teams are being put in place they know where the money money's flowing and it sort of starts there so you know you, you get it from all of those places I'm very fortunate to know a lot of the data whisperers around the world so the David Mintons from database in the UK active you know a bunch of the Ursa people here in the US um, obviously Ross and, and Blair and the team in, in Southeast Asia so and uh, you know people who are just either running conventions you know Amy Thompson at, at um, Idea you've got the ACE community we've got WIFA so there's a lot of people that collate a lot of that information and so I'm good friends or, or, or keep an interest in all of those things but you can't keep across it all all the time every day stuff is changing I'm watching the whole industry change connected fitness has changed everything forever 
because you've got Apple, you know, linking everything up. You've got Peloton and their, you know, 750 New Zealand thousand million dollars a year, nearly a or billion dollars, a billion New Zealand dollars a year in marketing. So you've got them sort of running around the planet on omni-channel, every channel, stand-ups, TV, ads, everywhere you look is Peloton. You guys don't feel it as much as we do here. It's everywhere. Um, and so they've, they've taken a very the omnipresent uh, brand. So, you know, you've got those guys and uh, and they're pushing everything forward and we're seeing this consolidation. We've got Exponential now with nine brands. You've got the boutiques rounding up. There's two big um, uh, assortments of um, boutiques over in the UK now, which are now looking to scale. Everyone's trying to jump into everyone's market. So it's just keeping an eye on all of that stuff. I've also spent quite a bit of time in investment courses now because that is the source of where everything comes from. And we're seeing SPACs, you know, you're seeing all the people sort of pull big um, funding rounds together so that they can go and buy big opportunities, essentially. People know how important fitness is, but it's not just fitness, it's lifestyle. So whether you got there through athleisure or whether you got there through fitness or um, tech, big fit tech, all of it, everything's leading into, I want to own the person who wants to be healthy. They want to eat healthy. They want to move. They want to wear stuff. They want to go places. So, and all of those things are sort of being wrapped into one right now. I had a good friend who's the same vintage as us, Trace, who came and uh, stayed with us from Chicago, and we were laughing. We're sitting here thinking we're so unique. You know, we're a, a woman of a particular age, you know, with our children at particular ages, and we we're doing this, and we're thinking we're so unique. We had the same um, decorations in our house we had the same bag we were wearing the same clothes we were saying the same things to our kids our kids had the same and I'm just sitting here thinking we think we're having a unique experience and we're just a cohort we are just something being marketed to it was hilarious um oh man I can so relate to that <laughs> I mean uh, even one of our, ch our children have the same name <laughs> Hey, um, some of our conversations, this has just come up, something I remembered, uh, some of our conversations that we've had together, we've spoken about um, the future of longevity and women's wellness. Now, I was sent something just yesterday about that women's wellness and fit, uh, femtech and um, longevity and healthy aging is one of the up and coming industries. Actually, it's a $10 billion industry right now. You and I have spoken on this, the opportunity. Um, yeah, what's your take on that? Like, we're, we're, I mean, obviously you're the authority on all things trending. So what do you know that you can share with me right now? Yeah, so what I would say is, um, so in the US here at least, um, the women, women, control between 80 and 85% of the purse of the household, actually. So women are the big spenders. And um, I was on a fascinating um, webinar the other day by a woman, I think it's called Her, Her Money. Very, you know, smart, um, Wall Street type girl who's gone and started this whole, she's basically looking after women's wealth because she said, women inherit. First of all, um, they run the household. So they need to understand money and they don't know money because that's a man's thing. Even though they spend the money, they don't know money. So they run the household. And then what happens is because we usually outlive husbands, then they, in, they get another inheritance. So her, her main point is that we need to know what to do with that money. We need to smarten up. So I think there's a couple of things. So there's that. Then I heard Sarah Rob the other day um, on a wonderful podcast and, you know, someone said, you know, what's your big dream for women? Because she's very pro-woman, woman playing sport, um, woman to the top tables of everything. And her, her basic thing was, you know, that the sooner we can get women to the top tables of politics, 
um, businesses, you know, Fortune 500, the whole thing, the quicker we will solve the world's problems because um, there's just more EQ, there's more balance, there's, there's less greed, all of those things just start to come in and, and it was a really wonderful thing. So regarding femtech, fascinating. So think about it, who's making all the, who's making all the investment decisions, do you think? How many, I mean, I, I, I'm coming across more female investors now, but that's been the boys, the banks and the, the money and the VCs and the PEs has all been a man's world, right? So they're driving everything at the top. Now, and yet we know, look at athleisure. We know it's the woman that spend the money. You know, look at Lulu. You've got seven eighths of the shop is like women, and then the guys get a pair of shorts or a top. You know, <laughs> it's like, and that's happening in the world. So that's beginning to reverse. So more women are coming to the top, and we're seeing lots of female founders. Still, only about I heard some disgusting fact the other day: a small, small percentage of women are backed as founders, like under ten percent, like it was two or five or something. Um, so we've got that problem. We've got to break through that. So, you know, we've got so many issues right now. We've got Black Lives Matter, inequity generally. We've got women still needing to come through. Um, so femtech is huge and we're beginning to see it now. Now, probably why we're beginning to see it now is probably some men have seen how positive and, you know, the upside of that from a financial and also an opportunity point of view as well. So it's definitely coming for two reasons. Women are working their way to the top, but also there is a huge market there. And I know I did listen to Wendy Sweet's um, podcast with you. And of course, what doesn't she know about it? She's gone after one of the biggest unmet needs in the world. You know, like her success is because there's so little coherent conversation in this space, really helpful conversation that can actually go out there in a really really big way so I would say it's coming it's here I mean female millennials have driven boutique fitness anyway and if you think about it what's been the biggest innovation in fitness over the last five to ten years has been boutique fitness so there's another example sure there's lots of guys in there as well but it's generally women hooking up with a bit of um, money and it's used they often have a marketing bent and then pushing it out there so that's where the creativity is coming in so you're 100% on the money and I think I think it will be quite a different world in 10 years, but it will take a little bit longer. You've got your Sadie's at 305 Fitness and you've got your, your Joanne's at 10 Fitness in London and you've got, but, but even here in the US, it's, you know, I think of Carrie and there's a few people who are sort of pushing things through, but there's still a lot of gentlemen running the businesses here in the US, particularly at the club level. Yeah. yeah. Oh, thanks for that. That's, uh, you know, so many amazing insights and I'm so positive about the opportunity in the future and I'd like to be 100% with the money <laughs> yeah, yeah. in this space, in this $10 billion space that's going to embrace women who, and the way I see it is that we really take care of ourselves and we know so much more about our bodies and our health and mindfulness than, say, the generation before us, our mums. I mean, I don't remember my my mum talking about I'm going to sit down and do you know a meditation practice right now because I just need some I need ten minutes so I don't you know like lose my shit. Um, and and that's our generation, and we just know how to look after ourselves. And also, we're living longer. So, like you said, we we are creating our own incomes. We are also um, spending the money. And um, I think yeah, the future is massive for women you know, who really want to take care of themselves later in life. Um, one of the changes you've recently made is a bit of a segue, but it also touches on, you know, this episode is about talking from the soul and the things that drive you and make you who you are. So you've recently gone into a business called, called Good Soul Hunting. And look, I can't remember what your actual job title is, but it's something fabulous. Can you, <laughs> can you share with us 
tell us about Good Soul Hunting and what's uh, what, what you're aiming to put out into the world with that new opportunity. Yeah, so uh, Good Soul Hunting is an uh, executive search brand, which um, you may or may not be familiar with. So basically we headhunt. So we find um, high-performing people, usually from a senior role, so C-suite, all the, the CEOs, COOs, CFOs, CMOs, and, and mainly main, maybe senior specialists like sales roles, marketing roles. So we find people um, and, you know, hook them up with, with fast-growing businesses. So how this came about was interesting because I'm working with uh, co-workers from past Les Mills lives and other lives and um, I hired Lucy 10 years ago at Les Mills actually and she went on to you know grow out um, people and culture around the world for Les Mills and then went to London with her husband they decided to start um, a, a recruitment firm together uh, basically a partnership and they started in London and it was just one of those weird let's catch up in London we sat down in a cafe one day and started having this conversation I'm like Oh, that's really funny. I actually spend half my life, probably half my life, introducing people to opportunities and opportunities to people. I'm living in the US, you're living over in London. Um, I'd like to go back to London at some point. Oh, that's funny. We'd like to go to the US sometime. Oh, great. Okay. God, I wonder if we, we should ever do something together. And then I said, well, actually, given that I'm already spending half my life doing this anyway, um, maybe we should have a conversation. So we had a conversation, you had a conversation with her husband. Uh, the next night, we sort of did a half day or the next trip, actually, I came back, we did a half day together, sort of strategy, bang some stuff out, went to the barn at night, shook on it. And then we decided to launch Good Soul Hunting, um, which was hilarious because then we pulled in another old colleague who it was during pandemic times now who was running a digital marketing agency. And we said, hey, we need some branding. Um, and he said, oh, good timing, because no one's doing anything right now. And I've got a whole bunch of awesome people who'll probably do something quickly and well. And so we did that and we managed to get all our branding done uh, with the help of so many names that you would know, because we, we did everything through survey. So we surveyed the name, we surveyed all the things about our brand, because you shouldn't be thinking for yourself today. You should be asking the damn market what they want. You know this from your boutique experience and it makes it better. So we surveyed everything and, and, and we were all tearing our hair out about the name because you know what it's like when you try to name something, all the good names are gone. <laughs> you know, like, let's just start there. And especially in recruitment, because everyone's thinking about, you know, every clever thing is gone. And so anyway, we came up with this, obviously inspired by the movie and and, um, you know, some of the team weren't sure. So we put it to vote and it was absolutely the name. So we just, we went with it. So, you know, and we had to pivot during COVID times because we started off very strongly in bricks and mortar. We worked out very quickly, A, there's no money in fitness and B, you've got to move out of bricks and mortar. You've got to have a digital footprint or you've got to work with technology um, first companies because they're the ones that are scaling, buying a new talent, building out their senior team, which is what we were specializing in. So we very quickly worked out that we don't want to be too early because if you go with a founder, a founder usually doesn't have any money. They're not paying themselves and they're not ready to hire a team. They've usually, they'll get a little bit of money and they'll prove the concept out. Then's the perfect time for us to come in. So we normally come in what they call series B. So usually when you're on a second fundraise and you're building out your team. So that's perfect for us because we can come in. And because we've all had real jobs, we're not recruiters by trade. We're actually real people who've done real things. We come in and help the strategy and we help people sort of knock things together. And then we actually um, help you, you know, we, we find people for you and, um, you know, we've got a good soul formula, usually takes us about 80 hours to find people, because we're not looking for the close and convenient, we're looking for people who have been where you're going. 
And often they come from another industry because the fitness is only 50 years young. So we find that the fitness industry um, is very young and we can pull talent from other adjacent industries. And those people are looking for a new challenge um, and they, they can really accelerate the business. So we work in fit tech, fitness technology. We work in well tech, health tech. And, and those sort of related areas. So we, we did expand that slightly during COVID, uh, but we were very fortunate because particularly here in the US, a lot of people were hiring in those types of roles during the pandemic uh, because really it didn't matter. They're at home, they're a digital platform. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, yeah and we do it in a good soul way. So we are really good souls. Like recruiters have a very bad name for being used car salesmen. So we always put the the person first you know we joke about it because we you know we often leave money on the table and you know we, we don't do the asshole thing so we're good souls we're always evolving so we have quite an open source approach like we every quarter we're innovating so that we, we're making things better we don't just get stuck in the institution of recruitment and then we're very very we obsess with best like we're just always trying to push that level and we've learned that from Les Mills and Equinox and other brands we've worked for so we're having a hell of a time it's a small team it's a committed team we do a wonderful service I love the team dearly and that's my favorite I love working with three or four people and and those are the teams that I'm in right now so that's half my life and then global fitness authorities the other half of my life and I just pick and choose awesome projects that I feel that I can you know light fires under yeah I, I love that I love that on this journey that you're on now and um you know and also that it's really um it's innovative and it's modern and it, it, I mean I think the challenge for all of us in the fitness industry is you know once COVID came it's like oh shit so how do we do our jobs and if you don't innovate and you don't learn and you don't become for me I, I have this tagline old dog new tricks um, which just accelerated it last year so you know everything I did was in the digital realm and so grateful for that I mean I went into it kicking and screaming because it was I felt like it wasn't creatively serving me but it did it did. And so it's amazing. And, it, and it, I can honor that in you as well. So it's brilliant what you've done. Okay, so this podcast is called Sexy Aging. And so now <laughs> we're going to talk about sex. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I, I don't really talk about sex that much. But um, you are, for me, a person who's very in touch with who you are as a woman, and you represent yourself unapologetically. And I can use my latest um, time with you in the flesh Ibiza <laughs> most amazing outfits I was so inspired and you just rock it on the dance floor girlfriend and I think you know that's one of the things that we share we just love the music and the vibe and everything but there's always people that have come before us that are, you know inspire us as well to own who we are to own our you know, our vibe, our soul and stuff. And for us, that's, you know, on the dance floor with the dance music, that's what we have in common. But there are people that have, you know, kind of brought that out in us that we seek it to, you know, to keep us vibrant and youthful and, you know, relevant to what's going on in today's world. And we, we honor that in ourselves. Not everybody does, but so putting it out there to you. So icons and people that have inspired you to be unapologetically who you are today. Yeah, well, I'm glad you brought up dance and actually you're to blame for that. So that's a reverse buffalo coming your way because remember when we finished um, for Z school, we all went to um, Surfers Paradise and 
Okay, so I just met up with Michelle <laughs> two days ago, and this is what went down the surfers trip. And we were jogging each other's memories about what actually happened. So now it's your turn. <laughs> well, but with that, well, you because you were the dancer, like you were the one that was always out dancing. So we, we got on this rhythm, right? We'd get up, we'd bake ourselves black on one side, we'd bake ourselves black on the other, we'd go to the gym, and then we'd always be at all the free drinks at night, which was five or six at night. Then we'd go do the all nighter dance, dance, dance. But you know, you were the dancer, like you, you took us out and dragged us out. So you started this in me. But it's funny because, you know, I mean, I used to, you know, dance like an all black, it was terrible. Um, but you know, you spend more time with the rhythm, and it sort of comes through you. And, and it's funny, because dancing for me now is that's where I channel, that is actually where I channel. And I didn't realize in COVID how unhappy I was getting until I started dancing on a Sunday morning with Arthur, who's a fabulous hip hop dancer around here and local locally. And I'm so much happier one hour a week doing something I love has completely changed my week again. And I'm finding other things online as well. So yeah, I mean, that that trip was was awesome. And then Ibiza at the other end, I mean, just and everything in between. I mean, all the all the parties and the dances and the things that we get to do. And there's so many more things to do. I haven't even been to Tomorrowland in Belgium, you know, which is one of the biggest, um, I'm an EDM girl. So I love, love, love that. So I've got to get back to that. Every time, I mean, I'm famous. I'll even go to, um, shit, Ministry of Sound in London on my own on a weeknight. It's like so bad. <laughs> no, that's amazing. And that's awesome. And that's because you need to fill it up, right? It's what yeah, you know. I feel young and free and, you yeah. know, whatever. And so icons. So look, before we went to Ibiza, actually, we went to the J-Lo concert. I love J-Lo just because she's like, screw you, this is who I am. And she's so youthful. And, you know, she's a dancer. She'll always say, I'm a dancer first. I happen to sing. I happen to act. But, you know, she always comes back to that physicality. And just her show was unbelievable, like so athletic. I was like, holy shit, you are just doing it like the 20 and 30-year-olds. Like she was unbelievable. So I love her. I uh, absolutely love Madonna. I mean, she just came out with her at 62, that bloody music video. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, that girl is amazing. So she's awesome. Um, Jane Fonda, and if anyone hasn't seen her short TEDx, it's just really worth seeing because she basically says as a woman, and you think about it, Trace, like 100 years ago, most people didn't live until 50. You were, something had got you. Modern medicine has kept us alive. I would have died three times, like for sure, like having birth you know whatever whatever there's you know I've been sick enough to probably die a few times you know so here we are you know we, we keep going so you know so that so Jane Fonda she talks about basically you've got your first youth then you've got your middle and then you've got like your third chapter essentially where you've amassed all these skills and not only that there's there's a um this the, the one great thing about aging is that you actually get to a point where you don't give a fuck about what anyone else thinks like it actually that ship starts sailing and it's such a freedom I look at our kids now you know and you're sitting there worrying over things and you're kind of like I just want to tell you don't worry about it it really doesn't matter your hair looks fine your bum's not that big you know whatever it's like seriously well actually now everyone does want a big bum like my girls come to me and they say my bum's small and I'm like oh god if you could hear yourself you can <laughs> play now that's also the wonders of modern medicine you just like shoot that shit up <laughs> it's it's incredible but but Jane is amazing because she talks about this this is incredible wealth of wisdom and power and you know we talk about it a lot you've got a really big that third age is where you can give back you can give wisdom whether or not you devote yourself to the planet or people or evolution or mentoring or whatever it is but there's a there's a grace with that and I think and I, and I really love that you're bringing in a sexiness as that that wisdom and that age comes through because you know with a little bit of help um 
from medicine and just, you know, as we learn about the human body and things like that, we're going to find ways that we can combat because there's nothing pretty about getting old. You know, my parents joke enough, we're still here and they'll say things to our kids like, you know, well, in case we don't see you again. And I'm like, would you stop doing that? <laughs> you know, but that they're, they're at peace with it. They're kind of like, we've had a great innings. It's been awesome. You know, and I'm just like, oh my God. But, you know, you watch them and you watch their friends, you know, lose their mind, lose their body, perhaps can't turn, you know. So, it's not pretty. I believe we're, we're very lucky that we're going to be able to go through it with more grace. I think there's a little bit more help and understanding and, and those sorts of things. And, you know, we're, we're all narcissists. I mean, let's face it. I mean, you look what our parents do for themselves and look what we do for ourselves. We are <laughs> completely self-centered. Yeah, no, exactly. Um, I think my mum's probably appalled at the amount of times that I have. To, look, you have to babysit. I've got to go for a run. I've got to go and do this. I have to go. get my nails done. <laughs> It's all lined up and she's like, I can't keep up with your well-being schedule. <laughs> like, well, I'm here at the end of the day to look after you, mum. So <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's oh, yeah, I mean Madonna. Oh, she was Madonna. probably the first the first person that I dressed up as, you know, to go to a dance party. It was like you had to dress as an icon and yeah, she was well, Followed closely by Mariah Carey. So Tracy's amazing at Mariah Carey impersonations. Lip sync. One yeah. one 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 trophies. Well I think I won like two dozen um spates or something one time as well. Oh. And I didn't tell my flatmates, but anyway, that's another day and another story. Another story. <laughs> um to wind up this absolutely awesome catch up with you because that's what it feels like and our reminiscing and uh you know how we've grown and how we've been there for each other to you know evolve in this amazing time of our lives do you have like a favorite book or a course or something that you could recommend to the listeners and the viewers oh a book or a course so many. <laughs> yeah you know it's it's fascinating i i'm so eclectic now like it's um like it used to all be fitness or, or personal development. I got deep into the personal development thing and you're looking at all the courses and all the things. And, um, you know, I know Kylie mentioned Masterclass, which I think is fantastic. Mind Valley, I love because they bring on some great guests and things like that. Um, I love to step out now. So I've actually been spending a lot of time, as I mentioned, in the investment crowd. And that, that's been very new to me. So I continually book myself on courses and funny moment recently. So when I was brand new to this, uh, we went on this guy, Pete Moore, who runs them out of New York City. And he's hard ass, like he's like talking and, you know, everyone's on the screen and everyone's got questions. So I get the first question out of the barrel. I'm like, oh, for the love of God, I, I don't even know. You know, he asked me, you know, you've been given this fund and you've got $2 billion and you've split it this way and you tell me how you're going to spend that money and I'm just like oh, 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 oh. so to be absolutely struggling and being a beginner and, and absolutely sucking at that thing at the beginning um, is quite invigorating because and what I find helps with that is just say that you're new hey I'm new I have no idea what I'm saying I'm just gonna and so once you do that and then step into it and just the exhilaration so uh, that's probably my is find something that is of interest to you but step into it with with boldness you know because what happens is if you step in quietly and you hope that no one sees you you don't learn anything because you just you don't try anything because you don't want to show your ignorance so it's kind of like show your ignorance and then you'll get so much more you'll learn 10 times more than anyone else on that course so I mean that's kind of what I'm in at the moment is, is investment world and just you know googling that and now that I'm looking it's everywhere right it's all coming to me yeah I love it 
yeah, you've actually inspired me. I've taken a few notes and yeah, I mean, I have I have got my head into the investment side as well. And um, yeah, it's very interesting. It's very confronting, but it's like, well, got to grow. Not dead yet. <laughs> Lots to learn. Lots to learn. Emma, thank you so much. It's just amazing to have you on the podcast. And obviously you were the little push and the nudge that got me going. And um, I'm forever grateful. I'm totally loving being inspired by the people that I get to talk to. And you've always been an inspiration to me. So. Oh, thanks, babe. Thanks for having me on. And hi to everyone out there. Yeah. And that wraps up two fantastic episodes with Emma Barry, Global Fitness Authority and Chief Creative Soul for Good Soul Hunting. I hope you enjoyed those two episodes as much as I did talking to Emma. And if you know of anyone that you feel would be inspired by Emma's two amazing episodes, please share the episodes, subscribe to Sexy Aging, and we will continue to bring out more amazing content. I hope you enjoyed listening to the episode as much as I enjoyed hosting it. I love that there are so many generous women willing to share their story and expertise to help and inspire all of us going through the mire of menopause. If you enjoyed this episode, please check the show notes to follow my guests. All their details are there. And if you want to stay connected for further episodes, please like, subscribe, review, and of course share with your friends. It's through your support and feedback that I can continue to produce episodes. Aroha nui.